Hey guys, this is Ronnie. Just a reminder, these are old episodes, and if you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. And announcing a new podcast with Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, and producer Bill called The Greatest Pod. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, if you want to support us monetarily, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash thegreatestpod, and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts, or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So, do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So, thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Reboot It. At a major Hollywood studio, in a corner office of Sub-Basement D, the development executives toil in obscurity to reboot it. Welcome to the premiere episode of Reboot It, the series wherein we show Hollywood how it's done. This series has been long in the making, and it is, of course, a collaboration between your two favorite podcasts, the Nerd Goat Podcast and Hot Takes with Billy Business. Now, I have to warn you up front, what you were about to hear was originally just going to be a dry run. This was going to be an episode that we did just for the sake of getting our feet under us. The reality is it turned out so good, it had to be the premiere, and we think you'll agree once you listen to it. The one thing to be aware of is because this was a dry run, and the first episode we were going to record was going to be at Comic-Con, you will hear us momentarily interrupting ourselves with the voice of the crowd. Ed, Ron, and Billy are play-acting as members of the audience. Now, we could have cut these parts, but they actually proved to be pretty vital to the story that we crafted over the course of the episode. So take it for what it is, this is us trying to anticipate some of the problems and questions that people would have with our story, and us rolling with the punches to create something even better. And if anything, that just means your feedback is only going to make this show more awesome. So, reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, we are there, we are ready to hear what you think. But in the meantime, enjoy the very first episode of Reboot It. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in the golden age of IP entertainment. What does that mean? Whether you want it or not, all of your favorite franchises will be rebooted. It's not a question of if, it's only a question of when. And as long as the studios are doing this, we are here to lay a foundation, to chart a course to the greatest version of these reboots. I am producer Bill from the Nerd Goat Podcast. I have been an actual television development executive for the past 10 years. With me are my co-hosts, all of whom are major voices in the world of nerd entertainment. And together, we are going to show Hollywood how it's done. First, to my left, you know him from Hot 
takes with Billy Business, a senior producer at Screen Junkies, and a man with the most unpopular opinions on the internet. Give it up for Billy Business. Thank you very much, producer Bill, the only man that I will share my Bill name with. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do this today, rebooting a character like Wolverine. Uh, This is going to be a tough one, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we will certainly see how it goes. Billy, let me ask you just to kick us off. What is your favorite version of Wolverine? Obviously, the character's gone through many incarnations. He's been in comics. He's been in movies. He's been in TV shows. And throughout all of those, he's he's changed a lot. What is your all-time favorite Wolverine? You know, I've never been a huge fan of Wolverine, and I've never been a big X-Men fan, but I always really liked the comic book series Wolverine and the X-Men, where he was kind of the lead teacher and taking on that kind of leadership role while also being kind of the gruff old man that he is. So that's kind of my favorite version of Wolverine. Very interesting. We will see where the conversation takes us. To my right, you may have seen him on the new Negroes on Comedy Central. He is a weekly contributor to Screen Junkies Universe and, of course, one of the co-hosts of the Nerd Goat podcast, which I produce. Give it up, everybody, for Ed Greer. Hey, guys. Ed, let me ask you right up front. Do you want to explore the origin in this Wolverine movie? We're rebooting the character. Do we go all the way back to the beginning and see James Howlett from The Jump? I don't like that stuff. I would love for us to, to have a little bit of a mysterious Wolverine. I'd love to bring the mystery back to the to the to the man with the Admanium claws. Good answer. And finally, the co-host of the Nerd Goat podcast, a longtime nerd comedian. You've seen him at panels and at cosplay shows all across the con circuit. Give it up for Ron Swallow. Ron. Woo-hoo. I just did a, a roaring crowd with my name. <laughs> Ron. Ron. So many mountains. Swallow. Ron, I got to ask you, who is Wolverine's greatest all-time love interest? I mean, it's obviously Kitty Pride. That's kind of creepy. No, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke, guys. <laughs> Ron bringing the jokes. I mean, obviously, it's Jean Grey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some people would say yes. Others would say not so fast, Ron. Uh Regardless, this is our panel, and together we are going to reboot Wolverine. But first, let's talk about the franchise so far. Wolverine was, of course, first created for comics in the fateful year of 1974. He was created by Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and John Romita Sr., originally as an antagonist for the Hulk, but soon proved so popular that he anchored the all-new X-Men coming out later in the decade. He was first translated from the comics in a pretty famous cartoon pilot that never really got off the ground. Uh, Pride of the X-Men. It was an X-Men cartoon that was produced in the 80s. And then, of course, he hit it big with the 1990s X-Men, the animated series, which is much beloved by people of our generation. Then in the year 2000, the first X-Men movie directed by Brian Singer and, of course, starring Hugh Jackman basically kicked off our modern superhero movie boom with, of course, apologies to Blade. But the X-Men movies would go on to form a trilogy. Wolverine, of course, was the main character in all three of them. Wolverine was then spun off into his own movie series, starting with X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is not at all beloved. And that sort of continued what was proving to be a very up and down series of films for the character, which, of course, ended on what everybody considered to be a very high note with Logan in 2018. Logan killed the Wolverine character after many adventures on screen. In the comics, he's still going strong, but he has aged. He's died. He's come back to life. He now has hot claws, much to Ed's chagrin, as we've heard on various episodes of Nerd Goat. 
but the character has proven over the years to be one of the most popular and enduring characters in all of Marvel Comics. And Hugh Jackman's portrayal is almost universally praised as one of the greatest pieces of superhero casting of all time. And that about brings us to where we are right now. So, gentlemen, first question. What does an audience really want out of a Wolverine film? What are, what's the bare bones here? What can we what can we not get away with omitting from this film? I think the the thing that everyone can agree, even if you didn't like those X-Men movies, is that we want to see Wolverine at some point bust those claws out and do some berserker rage. The, yeah. the rage has mm. to be in there. That is quintessential Wolverine. I would agree. I also uh, would, I think, after watching Logan, uh, that I want to see rated R Wolverine. Mm. Not oh. necessarily from cuss words, just from the violence that comes <laughs> with the character. So, yeah, we're on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah, the, ber- the berserker rage thing has to be shown in the damage it causes to not only the people around him, but in his brain as well. Interesting. Well, uh, I think I would uh, chime in with something I think uh, we haven't seen before that I would really like to see. I would like to see a very uh, uh, skilled Wolverine, a Wolverine who is like using his his not being able to be hurt in skillful ways. Like, you know, I'll jump out of this floor of the the skyscraper and go in through this other floor because I could take that fall and I could jab and I could do this and I could do that. Like something slick. With Wolverine's abilities. Yeah, instead of just, I'm going to rush up to you and get shot a bunch. I know a lot of guys that can do that. (laughs) They don't have healing factors, so they don't have adventures. Who do you know that can do that? Why are are we here? Personally, that is a medical marvel, sir. (laughs) Hey, they don't have adventures because they die afterwards. (laughs) He knew (laughs) those people. He doesn't know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, He knew them. You know what I mean? So, So it's like, let me watch the movie of somebody who can maybe dodge a couple bullets. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and also I, I do I, I do have to agree that they I I would love to see Wolverine even pull out a sword at one point and use the sword in combination with his claws because we all know he's a a, a a classically trained samurai. See, I'm going to come at this from a little bit of a different angle. If we're talking about what a Wolverine movie has to have, I think for a general audience, you got to get as far away from the Hugh Jackman version as possible. Okay. Because I think Mm. you are hampered from the beginning with comparisons to Hugh Jackman and everybody loves Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Mm. So I think there's opportunity right away to make your Wolverine like a short, ugly bruiser, which is which is literally the exact opposite of Hugh Jackman and, and sort of just recontextualize how people are supposed to take the character so we can finally get danzig in is what you're saying (laughs) i mean i would love it if like and you can retrofit it and upgrade it but i want to see some version of a costume or of that Mm. classic costume the the brown one they teased it so many times in like deleted scenes and in credit teases and then we never got it like just do it Mm. if you want to get as far away as possible from Hugh jackman give me that suit well yeah and i think i agree with you and i want that suit to be part of how he gets down like you're gonna know in the movie that it's time for him to get down like the old days the the all for nothing days when he puts that suit on that's got that i would like that to mean something you can even put on like the brown kind of oh that's the one i'm thinking of the uh, the, the frank miller original limited limited series chris claremont one that that one i want that uniform yeah and and, i I think a variation on that uniform would be amazing yeah yeah Yeah. definitely yeah and that makes a lot of sense and 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 i I feel like another thing that has to happen with wolverine is he's got to be able to like like okay so he's it always seems like he's always trying to stay out of trouble Right. And then he just sees something that he can't ignore. 
or, or something that makes him so mad he has to do something about it. Here's my only concern about that. The entirety of Wolverine in the X-Men franchise so far has been that story. I guess it he has. literally has no other story in the X-Men franchise. It's all just I mean, that's um, how he is in the comics. True. But I think to Billy's point, there's opportunity to make him something different, whether he's a teacher, whether, you know, to oh. give him more of like an established role. So one of my favorite runs of comics was I think it was around 2011, 2012, when they did Wolverine, the X-Men. It was basically like he was the head instructor and if a a lot of the focus was on the kids and the way that he interacted with them. And I would love to see him as like, as the mentor. And I think there's a lot of comedy. There's, there's yeah. hints mm. of comedy in the X-Men movies is, is relief, but I think you can get some legit comedy. But mm. then I think if you mix in some of your ideas, like, and then someone comes to the school and he's like, like he has to be like, well, I'm a mentor and I'm a teacher and I have to protect these kids. But also like I'm fighting my berserker. Like I can end this right now. I think that could be something kind of fun. Interesting. I would also ask, what do you think the audience is sick of seeing? when it comes to Wolverine because we've had like 10 mm. movies now. Well, oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to say sick, but the only part that that's giving me pause about having too much of it be the school to get people to do the kids along with them angle is they've used that a lot to like tenderize his gruffness and all this kind of jazz. I like to see a new interpretation of how he can get down with his like spy skills, his intense past, the people who are coming after the unkillable monster man, the Baba. He's a real Baba Yaga, the John Wickian uh, Wolverine. Maybe I'd like to see something along those lines. And then maybe he ends up with kids in school and stuff. And, or the, something like and that. the later franchises. Or, or, or like it ends up maybe even at even as the equilibrium at the end of this movie. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? Him, him stumbling up onto the ex, Xavier's lawn after a John Wick adventure in this movie. I'd settle for that. Actually, that's not a bad idea as to maybe the whole movie doesn't revolve around that. But we know like that's the hint, the light at the, the end light. of the tunnel. Yes. yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Interesting. I, I would ask as a fundamental ground rule before we get into really breaking this thing. Are we in the MCU? Because now that now that Fox or now that Disney owns Fox and now that we know that plans are afoot to introduce mutants, does our Wolverine become the first the first the opening salvo of mutants in the MCU? I think he should be. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. When you think about every MCU character, they are a hero, but they're also something else. It's like Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but he's also a high school student. Uh, You know, Black Panther is a hero, but he's also like a politician by the way he has to be. There's not one just like I am a hundred percent bad ass fighter. And that's all I do. That's all I am. And I think like the cowboy. Right. That's the Mm. one ingredient so far. Like, man, you think like, wow, like everything has been touched in the MCU, except they don't have that one archetype in their, in their, in their whole roster right now. And I Mm. think that's why it's like, Oh, that actually like that fills a need that's not there right now. Interesting. And and a badass that like causes destruction, like at the same time. Right now that, now that Hulk is kind of, you know, smart Hulk, we, we kind of miss out on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, before we start breaking this story, we're going to open it up to you and the audience guys. What do you need to see? What is on your checklist if you were our boss? What has to be in this movie? Okay, okay, okay. Um, I 
would like to see him run into some side of Hulk or maybe maybe a hint of him running into the Hulk or maybe some history of him with the Hulk because he did appear in issue 181 of the Hulk. That's actually that's a great point. I mean, that is, that's a great point. Wolverine was introduced as a nemesis of the Hulk. Could we do something similar to that? I want to see him fight a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ignore this fan. No, I mean, <laughs> but not with his claws. I, I definitely with think his bare fists like I, a man. I think what what the MCU does really well. And if we put this into the MCU, they're very good at homaging things without being slavish to actually having to adhere directly to it. Do hmm. I think that there can be references to a, a scuffle or even like recreating that cover? But it's not necessarily the Hulk. It's something else. I think so. But I don't think. I don't know. I would have a tough time reconciling this version of Wolverine with Smart Hulk unless we went in the past. And this was like a little side adventure like Black Widow is going to be where it's maybe a Hulk from five years ago before he becomes that. Well, guys, I think that's a great segue into our first real question here. What story are we telling? And the reason I think that's a great segue is if we are talking about Wolverine as the entree into MCU mutants. And we're talking about, all right, maybe he needs to have a confrontation with the Hulk. I think making this a period piece could be really, really interesting. I think fitting Wolverine in, in telling a Wolverine story in his pre-X-Men days, maybe ending at Xavier's mansion, you know, literally introducing the X-Men at the end of this movie. But, but fitting this into the history of the MCU could be interesting. The only problem there becomes... They did it with Captain Marvel. And so are we just sort of retreading ground that's already been trodden? So this is the question I open up to the panel. What story are we telling here? What is this franchise really all about? I mean, my funny idea is now we make it early 2000s, just real music. (laughs) Wolverine getting down to Creed. Yeah. (laughs) Can you take me as he throws someone off the building? <laughs> well, uh, and and when, he, when he rips somebody apart from the inside, he goes, "We're eyes wide open, <laughs> ripping them open." And he's singing, singing, singing Lincoln Park. <laughs> well, th- uh, well, maybe but, maybe the yeah. way to maybe the way to approach this question is. What do you think the character of Wolverine is all about? Like, let's get down to brass tacks sure. here. What, what, what does this character bring to an audience? Where do we want to start him? Where do we want to see him end up? I think what, to your point, Ed, and I think this is where you can start with him is, uh, I think, again, the MCU is very good at taking ideas from and not having to adhere directly to a storyline. But I think you use the Frank Miller run of Wolverine mm-hmm. as your Bible. That is your blueprint. That's mm-hmm. your starting point. Okay. And I, I love that idea that you said of like, what if this version of Wolverine is like the John Wick of the MCU when we start and we see him? Yeah, I would say... Uh, along with him being like John Wick. That's really cool. I think we'd have to, it is about someone with history. You know what I mean? I think, I think us emphasizing just like in John Wick, that this is someone with history. I think that's an important thing. If we're going to craft a story, we're crafting the story of someone with a long, rich history that can weave all throughout the Marvel universe. If we want it to, yeah, or just be a hint at 
so many ways we can insert him in different movies and different franchises even because Wolverine is that character. But I think that's a fun way too of like we if you go into this as not thinking that the, every audience member knows everything about Wolverine at this point mm-hmm. you, you kind of set the the slate blank. I think it's kind of fun to weave that in like we kind of discover as this narrative goes along like this guy's not really good because he's just that good. It's like he's been around for like a hundred years mm-hmm. all these different yes. wars and like kind of like like how did you learn that or how did you right. how'd you get that that's been gone for 50 years like you know i think right. adding that layer of mystery we yeah. know that he's immortal yeah. but yeah. finding out the discovery i think is a new fun way to do it well in the comics he's always been the man with no name right, right. like he that was that i mean if you want to get down to the very core of wolverine and why that character became one of the big three at marvel it was that mystery. It was the fact that like he's the best he is at, at what he does, but you don't know exactly why. Like he always just there was something so mysterious and like the coolest, coolest way about like what's this like why 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 is he the way that he is like he's he has so much hidden history. This almost makes me feel like we should do Memento with Wolverine, where oh, we're telling a story dude. backward through his life. Dude. Yeah. Dude, but, you're in my brain. Are you? Are you Emma Frost? I think, you, I think so. Because, because straight up, Charles but, Xavier. But that thing about we could move, we could move anywhere in time we wanted to, Ooh. and motivate it because he's been living so long and he's done so many different things. So anywhere in time we want to slide, body slide by six. We can, we could go there. And this, and this also adds to the thing that I really like about Wolverine is his constant struggle with. Uh, thinking of himself as a uh, as a kind human person, like as a regular human person, because he also feels like this crazed animal all the time. Right. Now, I think that's the heart of the movie. I think you yeah, hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the mystery of why he is like that becomes the movie. Right. Because you're going back and finding all the cool skills that he has, but you're also finding uh, uh, why he is who he is. Right. Is that. Yeah, and Maybe. I think he, huh. that's, yeah, that's yeah, where you I can get slot that. in that. some of the the like, look, you're not going to get Chris Evans back for a whole movie, but could you do a World War II scene? It's like, how do I know this guy? Why does it look familiar? It's like, oh, you fought with him guys, and you didn't even realize it. We're, we're on to something here. Like, there's something amazing about getting cameos, like, from all the original Avengers, right? And, and literally telling a story from mm. World War II Mm. through the 60s dude, dude. through like early Every, bruce banner hulk through mm-hmm. michael douglas ant-man yeah, yeah, right. i mean all of it that's oh, dude, amazing <laughs> dude every everybody everybody loved the only part one of the only parts that i personally loved about that one uh, that one would leave schreiber playing um uh, Saber X-Men Tooth. Origins, yeah. X-Men Origins. That opening where they're fighting in the the Canadian, the World War, they're fighting in World War One and World War Two, and this and that and the other, and they're buddies through historic, you know, historic events yeah, that yeah, they yeah. survived because they're immortals and how it bonded them. Well, imagine all the different enemies that you can have in that same way. Enemies for life and a life that is long. Holy as- shit. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to drop a bomb right now. Do we structure this movie like the Kaiser Soze story and the whole movie is framed with like shield or somebody trying to figure out who Wolverine is and every time they get a new piece of evidence we're slotting him more and more into the Marvel history so that you have that audience surrogate that's going holy shit he was there too. You know what Dude. I mean? And we're getting all these pieces. I got to say, that sounds like a nice spine. Yeah, they that send him like into... That sounds like a s- nice spine. Yeah, I think They like, send him into Avengers. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's like, 
it's maybe our main focus is that shield agent or someone. It's like, we have to track down this assassin. Like, you're not going to believe this. This goes back. That's like, so cool. How right. is that possible? And, and, and like, and, and just and not to get too deep in the weeds as sure, far as sure. story, but the whole thing of like, it, there's pockets of people just chop the hell up and different stuff like that all throughout history. All that these these marks, claws these things, that are yeah, cut through these, these all oh, these different indicators. Wait, like it's wait, encrypted almost. Guys, okay. Movie opens at a busted up experimental base, right? And some shield agent, whether it's actually Nick Fury, Maria Hill, or whatever, walk in, and there's the claw marks on the walls, and they say this is a secret extension of the super soldier program. This is like the facility in Siberia from Captain America, the winter soldier, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's in Canada. What the hell happened here? Right. It's Mm -hmm. the aftermath of Wolverine's escape. It's what the hell happened here. Maybe at the end of act one, they catch him and we can get into this. But I, I just think that like using the aftermath of his escape as the catalyst to like put together who is this guy could just be super killer. I'm definitely mm. it, it make it a mystery. And again, oh, like yeah. maybe the audience knows, you know, we know like the, the, the beats of the comic books, but yeah. I think the fun in it is like if finding out how it's incorporated in the larger MCU while still hitting on the emotional themes of like, how did this thing become like from a man to a thing? And can he come back? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You mm. could even, man, in between the flashbacks, you could even have the present day story almost a little silence of the Lambsy, where it's like if they catch him and they've got him contained and he at first they think he's literally like a man beast or some kind of monster. But then they slowly build a rapport where it's like somebody goes in to talk to him and suddenly it's like, oh, he can talk. Oh, not only can he talk like he's fairly intelligent. And then it's like it's it's all I think that that mystery movie structure almost like Inside Man. You know what I mean? The Spike right, Lee right, movie right. where it's like you're you're sort of piecing this story together from a couple different perspectives and you're never quite sure what's going on. I feel like there's something to that. And that then, could be really juicy. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going into this at that point, but it, it and then at some point he kind of reveals like what he's been doing, which is hunting some main bad guy. Right, right. You, that was just about to say like, and mm. there's got to be some antagonist. Like, you don't like, know mm. what you guys are doing. Exactly. You're in danger right, right now. Right. I right. got to let me out of this. Well, but see, oh, and see, and me. And yeah. that saber tooth, like he oh, could be yeah. the source of a lot of the clawings. It could Sorry, also, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say too. It, not, it could, it could, it could, it could, and should be saber tooth. But you could also like slot in other weapon plus program monsters, right? I mean, you could have Omega Red theoretically. Sure, yeah, you could yeah, have yeah, Cyber. Yeah. You know, you you could really pack in a lot of Marvel. You could even universe. throw in one. Well, of course, this isn't like you could throw in one Deadpool reference too. That's interesting. <laughs> I know it doesn't match. It doesn't match the the mood we're doing, but it could be a very funny. It could be a very funny thing. I'm like, I'm good if you don't though. If you forgot, <laughs> well, dude, dude, okay. But this this is my thing as as far as far as well. If you don't, the, uh, building upon these ideas, sure, sure. The Weapon X thing gives me a little squirrelies okay. because I do believe we've seen inferior versions to what you guys are pitching. True of the Weapon X program. So I might propose. What if we kind of shifted it to like, uh, yes, it does have that that um, 
historical quality and the we're tracking this guy throughout history thing and the shield agent stuff. I love that. But maybe the inciting incident isn't so much him breaking out of the Weapon X thing as to that's one of the things we'll find. We go mm-hmm. back to the Weapon X place and it's all broke off and it's all messed up. And there's like other Weapon X guys who turned on him to try to keep him inside and they're dead. Like super soldiers are dead in this thing's wake sort of scene that we could dig up later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Something like that. that. That could fit into the structure of like him trying to chase down other yeah. Weapon X things. If it's right. like a second act, end of second yeah, act yeah. reveal, like, yeah. oh, this is where this all happened. And the That's part where he really gets like captured, that. I right. think the part where he gets captured, we could put that a lot of different places in the story. We're not telling the story like on that level yet, but a lot of different places in the story, we could have him get sort of captured up by these dudes who think that they're interrogating him. But of course, he's interrogating them. And when he decides to leave, it's time to go. Yeah. And he's Audi 5000. And we have a great scene of that happening, however, we choose to show that. Well, this is the right time for the door to fling open. Guys, it's John Peters. No. He's storming in. <laughs> we were doing so good. No way, John Peters. John Peters. Oh, man. He's hyped up. He's hyped up. Oh, no. Guys, oh. guys. Oh, this is John Peters. Guys, <laughs> the movie. The movie is good, but it's not as good as it could be. Okay. Okay. We this movie needs this movie needs an X factor. Do you get the pun? <laughs> what do we yeah. gotta do to get that green light? Yeah, John? we do. <laughs> okay. So the John Peters audience suggestion is this: I need to see Wolverine fight an entire pack of wolves like Liam Neeson at the end of The Gray. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the fight. See, the, the people's biggest disappointment was that we didn't see the fight. I want to see the fight. Gentlemen, put that in the movie. We're going to make a billion dollars. Go. Okay. <laughs> okay, you guys. I think we can actually make this work. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Because, you know, when he's going through his, his moment of am I more than a beast or not, and he's out in the forest... And a pack of wolves try to hunt him. And then he, instead of maybe fighting all of them, what if he f***ed up a couple of them, but he kills the, the main pack guy, like the one that's in charge? The, the alpha, yeah. The alpha, and sort of, for the night, becomes the alpha himself. Oh, it's like a it's like a Dark Knight Returns I, moment I where he kills the I know that's not the leader. greatest thing in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, but I we got to work you know, with this oh, crazy oh, ass oh. And wait a minute. Wait. Peter said... He had to fight a pack of wolves. He didn't say he had to kill, kill them. That's true. Ooh. So he sma- he smacks up the alpha, and the alpha bows to Wolverine, and Wolverine becomes the alpha of that pack, and they all fall in line, and he like kills something big, and they all eat of it, and it's a great heartwarming. Beautiful. Scene. That's the way. That's the way to do it. I mean, I would actually cheer if he like stuck like a, a grizzly bear or something, and then he walks away, and then they just start tearing <laughs> at it. Like that'd be pretty dope. I mean, that could be an amazing save the cat moment where it's like you you build this guy up as being like the most vicious, brutal, inhuman killer, but then he's attacked by wolves and he refuses to kill the wolves. Dude, he refuses to kill the wolves because he sees their bones, brother. These these guys haven't had a good will, good meal in weeks. These these guys, they're, they're desperate. That's the only reason why they try to track something as dangerous as me, or whatever the hell he says. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. that, that's why they attacked him, because they're desperate, and they're out there, and they're, you know what I'm saying, they're they're lonely and they're hungry. If that's they had actually, just done with this with the raptors in Jurassic World, maybe it would have <laughs> Turn the whole ship around. Oh. Just give them some steaks. <laughs> Kick it with them. Just you punch know? the raptor and be like, guys, guys, I know you're hungry. It's not me. It's, yeah. I don't take it personally. It's, yeah, yeah, dude. No, I think that could actually work. I think, yeah. yeah. And then that, that still thematically fits with like, he, maybe that's what he comes to. He's like, I am an animal, but I'm also 
a man. I'm also a human. And that's kind of like that moment where it's like, you know, I'm Batman, not because I have to, because mm-hmm. I choose to be. That's like his moment. And if know? we want to find a reason why anybody would ever know that scene, then maybe, oh, we, we talked we talk to all sorts of people about this guy. I, I got a hit on this guy. You know where? Nova Scotia, a, a, a animal tracker that puts those trackers in wolves and stuff. Yeah. Had some weird thing about like, oh, there was a wolf pack. Looks like they were going to die. And all of a sudden they got a protein injection. And, and now these dudes are, are living well. How the hell did that happen? I think it's the Wolverine. <laughs> Are you shit? That's dumb. And it's like, boom. You but know? I do like the idea of like that perpetuating this, like uh, they did a little bit with Winter Soldier, but I think you could take it even further of like mm. this urban legend. Dude. Yes. Yes. Give me yes. the legendary. And the thing is, I believe throughout the, throughout this movie, he will earn, he has many names and he will earn the one. Mm. By the end, mm. I think that's a big thing we could play with. Logan, well, let's, guys, let's get into some specifics here. So I think the first thing we need to do is who is the villain. Mm. But the second thing that we need to do is kind of figure out. I, I want us to at least figure out the act structure, because we're talking about a little bit of a complicated story. But what I really want to know is, like, when do we actually meet Wolverine in real time? Right. And then who is our other protagonist because if we want to keep the mystery around Wolverine we got to be we got to be judicious in how we deploy him who's the investigator who's going after him I mean the obvious one that makes it sellable uh, and also pretty cool is Nick Fury I I don't know here's here's my thought on that I think that I see this movie and and maybe you agree or disagree. I see this movie like a little bit more of an intense, serious tone than maybe the MCU goes for. And I feel like Sam Jackson, like inevitably kind of brings levity to it because he's Sam Jackson. Please. You've been to space. Mm -hmm. So I would almost, I would almost take it as like a brand new character, a new agent that we haven't seen that we can start with like maybe an up and comer. And Wolverine is going to be the star of this movie, not the, the agent that it's like the, the first Hellboy movie where it was like, I don't care who this agent is, but he's my gateway into learning about Hellboy and all Mm. the other. And I love that idea for multiple reasons, because when you do something like that, then you're also adding to, um, for, for Disney who loves to do spinoffs. If that character is an interesting character within the movie, then you get extra spinoffs from that character from that as, agent, as, right, as an agent. Right. Yes. I yeah. agree with that. So I, I love that idea. Yeah. I think, I think they should be pretty integral, but I, I think there is a way we can do it to where we have a character hunting him and a little bit of like us knowing certain things about him that the, maybe we don't know even as much as the agent who's chasing him knows, but we see him do something that we don't quite understand. You get what I'm saying? Like we, we could chill with Wolverine a little bit doing stuff. Cause like we we're talking about, I think a little bit of the flavor of this as well as a little bit of that enemy of the state thing where Wolverine is going throughout like the present time of superheroes and gods and everything and stuff up. And they're like, why are these things happening? And he's got his own agenda that we, that we're not privy to, but, but he doesn't sit around talking to us, the audience about it. We see certain things we don't even understand. And the agents on this case. So I'm going to put my producer hat on for a second. And I think realistically, if we're going to do this movie, because the scope of the flashbacks are so huge, I think it's going to be important for an audience that whatever our present day action is, stay pretty contained. Mm. And, and I'm not saying like we need it needs to be in one location, but I think the, the story of whatever's happening in the present day mm. needs to be a little bit linear and streamlined. And by that, I mean, it needs to be like we're chasing Wolverine. We find Wolverine. 
there's an interrogation, he escapes, and we confront the main bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it needs and, that sort of a and s- I think streamline. to fit in that kind of what I was trying to say mm-hmm. earlier is like maybe a bunch of shield agents who worked at Weapon X or whatever we're going to call it, and mm-hmm. for, for the purposes are being brutalized by this this thing, this monster, and they're they're ripped apart, and they're convinced that it's this one specimen, the Wolverine that broke out, mm. and then they capture him finally or whatever, and we find out later it's actually Sabretooth who's going and, and killing him. It's a little bit of what they did in Origins, but at least like that's a framework that makes sense, is like who's taking out the shield. Well, agents. how can we how can we how can we zazz this up? How can we zhuzh this as we sure. say in the business? Mm. I think I do I agree with you. I'm I'm hesitant about Sabretooth. I'm hesitant about Sabretooth because we've seen two versions of him already in the movies. He's the most expected choice. And at the end of the day, he's not necessarily a riveting character. Right. I get that he has the bad blood with Wolverine, but that almost feels like you could do a little something like they did with the Dark Knight, where it's like you introduce, you know, the mirrored ultimate antagonist in the sequel. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, who could be setting up Wolverine and why? Or conversely, who could this other monster be? I have a really left two. field choice. I, oh, I got sorry, one, go too, ahead, but go ahead. My left field choice is like, mm. look, if you really want to get kind of weird with this thing. Uh, there's a guy in shield who's like obsessed with finding him and he's setting up ways that like almost framing Wolverine because he wants to catch him. Maybe we find out later it's Craven. Oh, sh- I, I thought you were going to say it's like Bolivar Trask that or is somebody. Yeah, I was going to go like, that is interesting. Craven needs to use shield resources. Uh-huh. Cause I was going to go with Viper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, 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 Miss Hydra or, or, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. See, Hmm. But, no, I, I, but I like where you guys are going. Badass woman villain or Omega Red is the other guy. Just because if nothing else, nobody else could could take out Omega Red besides Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. Well, I, I think that there's a, if you're dealing with Omega Red, I think, first of all, you make Omega Red big and like the Russian now, like he's a big muckety muck and their super soldier program of right now. And that impacts upon the greater Marvel universe and impacts upon like mutants, certain sort of mutants being threats down, down the line. And I, if you want to do that, I just feel like it's a, just boil it down to another immortal. I, I like where you're going with this Sabretooth thing. It's another immortal. It's two immortals meeting each other at the end. You know what I mean? And, and or two immortal soldiers, two eternal warriors meeting each other at the end for a big bloodbath. Because some of this, him just fighting everybody stuff, it sounds cool until we actually try to execute it. Mm. We got we to put two faces on posters. Sure, agreed. I, I totally agree with that. I just wonder if there's... That, feel, you know, that feels like Highlander, right? And I don't know mm. that the rest mm. of the movie is Highlander. I don't know no, if the rest, that. The, movie, yeah, the rest yeah, yeah. of the movie is... It feels like it yeah. should be some sort of a conspiracy thing. It feels like it should be... That's kind of why I like Viper, because like... She's not really doesn't really have superpowers, but she's part of a vast criminal organization and she's a badass. Well, um, the big the bigness of some of the stuff he did. I just think what if it's sort of a cabal of different uh, people across like a, a sort of a club of people. Like, a hellfire oh. club. <laughs> I know I didn't want to say that, but but eh, you know what I mean. He's like done so much over the course of time, and an organization dedicated to like f- him up by any means necessary. I mean, you know, here, it's Wikian as well. My my only my only counterpoint to that would be, what if you have sort of an anti mutant faction of Shield that like 
has been quietly trying to eliminate the the rising mutant threat for years and years. Mm. And like this movie kind of brings that to a head in a weird way. Right. So it like huh. I, I said earlier, maybe the maybe the person hunting Wolverine is Bolivar Trask, who like, goes like on that, yeah. to found the Sentinel no, program. I mean, that's nice. And it has shieldy sort of stuff. I mean, we can manipulate it to where it's like, yeah, he rose up just for this goal, which is what Bolivar Trask did. Yeah. I mean, you could also oh. you could use Sabretooth in the movie as like almost you almost do it well, like, like he a, always is. Well, I was gonna say it could be like a Bane Talia thing from the Dark Knight Rises, which I know has you know some negative connotations. But if Wolverine and Sabretooth end up together in a cell or something at the end of the second act, and there is this bloody, brutal battle, but then it ends with Sabretooth saying something or tipping off that like he too has been set up. And Wolverine then realizes, like, okay, this guy is my mortal enemy, but there's a bigger, worse threat out there. And I'm not even saying, Carrie, you know, don't make it a buddy team up thing. You could leave Sabretooth bleeding and dying on the floor, but then Wolverine realizes, like, oh, well, I've been played. Hmm. Well, only, the only thing, if, yeah, only thing I'm saying is, I, I do believe two things. I think this movie would be the best it can be if he's the only feral character. Because we got to understand this virality without having all these mirror characters. It's an interesting point. You know what I mean? I mean he, he, he is a person who can uh, occupy a human space. But by the end of it, we're calling him the Wolverine with a straight face. Because we've seen him as a small guy f*** up some big stuff towards the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of like the idea, like, marrying the two of, like, Bolivar Trask is actually very high up in S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's, like, kind of, like, insisting on this manhunt, maybe even making up... Like he'll commit an atrocity and attribute it to Wolverine mm-hmm. in order to, you know, that's maybe like the last mutant on his checklist. Because I like the idea. Uh, I mean, it it recycles a little bit of like Shield can't be trusted again. But I do like this idea of like a real prejudice from an authoritarian figure because I think that's at the mm-hmm. core, right. like some real X Men stuff. And maybe it doesn't even end with. I think you're right. Like maybe it is like a Talia thing where like. Trask is not, you know, Emperor Palpatine. He's not kicked out of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's not even figured out that this is his plan so that Mm. we can continue with, like, you know it's going to get worse. Yes, you defeated Trask's first task in this movie, but you know those Sentinels are coming down the road. Well, I think now is the time. We could figure out some of the finer details later. Who are we going to cast in this movie? Oh, boy. And I think part of this discussion ends up becoming some of the supporting characters. But, I mean, the big one up top, who is Logan? And then working our way down from there, who do we want our S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to be? And then what cameos are we going to see in all this fun time hopping that we're doing? Wow. I'm just I'm going to do it right up top. Please, if you have a suggestion. I don't think... There is a better choice for Wolverine among famous actors currently working than Tom Hardy. And it's super problematic because he is Venom. But Tom Hardy would be the most unbelievable Wolverine you've ever seen. And he could actually play his real height. I mean, the guy is actually about 5'9". He is a small, jacked up, feral looking man. Yeah. And I think they should lean into that. I think they should lean into the smallness. Um, To me, that's the perfect Wolverine. How old is Scott Kane? Scott Kahn? Kahn. He's, he's, he's up there. I he's think like he's in his, his 40s. 40s. Yeah. Is that too old for Wolverine? I don't like Scott Kahn. Yeah, is he the right... I mean, he, he might just look looks like, looks him. like him. He looks yeah, like but he's Johnny Bravo, too. All right, I changed my mind. <laughs> P- Peter Dinklage. <laughs> 
Hey, don't laugh at that. Well, actually, I'm, he already played Trask. That's yeah. true. That's <laughs> true. He's got he some did. X Men ties to him. I don't know. Like, it's tough because, like, putting on my producer hat, it's like, is Wolverine on the marquee enough to sell this movie? Meaning, do I have to go after a name? Can I do like a? Remember, Chris Hemsworth had like thirty seconds of screen time in, in Star Trek before he did Thor. They were mm. they were rolling the dice on Thor and yeah. the MCU more than they were the actor. So it's like, mm. do we just go out and pluck the right person that that fits it rather than trying to hope that someone that's already famous fits the bill? I I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind that thought. I mean, I think there's there's definitely something interesting to a Wolverine story where you're introduced. You know, you could you could market like we did an exhaustive casting search. You know, it's that it's that Christopher Reeve thing. Like we had to find the exact right person, and so we auditioned everybody, and so we're introducing this guy. But if you do that, then who is the name on the marquee? I think that's where you can either have like the shield agent or whoever your antagonist is. Mm. Plus at this point, like if you can throw in some of the other Marvel staples, even if in supporting roles, it'll pull people in. It'll be like a Tom Holland. I mean, obviously Spider-Man is Spider-Man. So whoever you got to play, uh, Spider-Man didn't, it didn't matter that much. Yeah. When they announced Tom Holland, we're like, who? And that? now, yeah. now he's well, we, international. But also, so maybe we should maybe we cast villain first in this in this at, at instance, so we okay. can see somebody. We so who did we decide? We decided the agent is the villain, basically, or and I Sabretooth. Like Trask. Well, no, no, uh, Sabretooth. Uh, basically, somebody in Shield. Basically, Trask, Trask, or and some amalgamation of Trask and uh, guys like uh, Henry Guyrich that yeah. used to hang out with the X. Basically, some liaison, supposedly mutant mutant liaison type of person and you know how you know she'll usually liaisons with threats they, mm-hmm. they liaise your ass you know we got to have one it is important to have one big fight scene right i mean that's necessary right well i mean in the structure that we're talking about going back to our audience suggestion from the beginning we could literally have a fight scene with the hulk I mean, if if we're talking about a character that has been around since World War One and we're flashing back to these moments of just unbelievable, like, wait, he was there. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but we can load the action scenes in like basically last at any place. You know, they are. Well, we we can, but we we need to have a character. The the reason I'm asking is if we're going to have he can't fight whoever plays Trask. Sure. That'll be a waste of his talent. I agree with that is what I'm saying. So if our main bad guy is uh is is sure we can have somebody pulling playing trask yeah. yeah that's fine but then we have to have him fight somebody so who mm. who is trask going to be sending after well, him it, okay well let, let's okay let's 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 grab the names and shake them out because we got we got omega red could theoretically beat wolverine and he has long distance stuff my only quibble with that is i, I really don't like tendrils tendrils weird me out <laughs> they're not that cool to me as far as like a way to fight somebody anybody with tendrils was pretty whack to me um there is a guy named cyber who in the comics had adamantium skin that's stupid but no, i know i see... like i like cyber dude. okay okay well, well, like so, so, but something like that where it's like it isn't quite adamantium skin because i don't know how you beat somebody with adamantium skin i mean i guess he drowned them or some weird stuff but the bottom line is something that's an advantage because he's a good boy who got this upgrade and he's better technologically than our boy, but our boy ain't about technology. He's an elemental force. I also think there's an opportunity here to not use an expected Wolverine villain. I think number one, because that whole idea of like 
sending other weapon plus agents after him has been kind of a staple in some of these Wolverine movies mm-hmm. all yeah. the way all the way up to Logan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, we want to integrate him into the MCU. Like, can we send? Is there a, is there an MCU? Do we bring the Abomination back? And they're sending the Abomination, who's been like captured by Shield ever since Incredible Hulk after Wolverine, and then you get your Hulk Wolverine fight. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you know, like they've been trying to think how to bring Abomination back. Oh, out so, uh, again. Tim Roth. I mean, Tim Roth plays him. Who doesn't want more Tim Roth in your yeah, life? Yeah, I like that. I think I broke Ed's brain. Yeah, I think I like that idea too. I think that's, that's so awesome. and it's great because he you like uh, then immediately I get it. I'm like abomination is muscle, and then there's someone else like with the brains pulling the strings. I totally. like that a lot. Yeah, totally. And then we have our big fight scene that you're gonna need in a Wolverine or any good action film between two ba- bad guys. And uh, uh, oh, oh, and he's gonna be able to talk some stuff to Blonsky because Blonsky's been an agent for years. And guess who's had run-ins with the Wolverine before at some point in his being an agent, being the super agent you send after things like the Hulk? Right. He's going to have run across the trail of Wolverine. He's going to be like, I remember you when you were a little punk, look, the Reservoir Dogs looking. Dude, I remember I remember oh, you, dude. Man, if we could get like a detransformation scene from the Abomination back to like a real effed up looking Blonsky and then, ha- I mean, think of the intensity Tim Roth would bring to that conversation of just, I remember you. Oh, so dude, we can oh, already, we've already chills. just rebooked Tim Roth as Abomination then. And by I, the, I think that's great. I think that's so And it goes with the government. Sh- it goes with the agent. Hey, sh- it goes with the him beating the Hulk thing. If we're doing this, let's bring back Tim Blake Nelson as the leader too. While we're doing it, Tim Blake Nelson could be a, a, a red herring villain. You just throw him in there as just something, you know, he's part of the scheme or whatnot. I don't know. I, 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 I think perhaps the leader is another one of the things that has been because the ticket. I think they put, they got some kind of gamma base place. And this is the thing, guys. I, I think we have to have Wolverine. Def- First of all, he hangs with them as sort of a Hulk versus Wolverine thing. He hangs with them for a long time, but they're fighting inside the gamma base thing or something. It's something in there that bottom line is, where do you hold an abomination? How could you physically hold an abomination unless you had some way to damper his powers? Unless you had some way to damper his powers, you could not hold him anywhere. So I propose that they took him down to a place that could kind of Superman to take his powers away or fuck him up. Mm. And that is where we end up, where Wolverine and outsmarts him, gets him into a situation like that, gets his powers taken down. I remember you, Blonsky, you ain't shit, guts him as him. And he gets to say some good lines as Tim Roth, but gets gutted. And then he goes to get Trask or whatever. I can see something like that happening. Like going into the third act? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, um, as long as we're talking cast and now we're going to start getting into some set pieces as well, which is really fun. Um, does, does Wolverine need one or two people that he is one or two supporting characters, right? Because I think my only concern here is that once you have the handoff from whoever our agent is to Wolverine, you know, is it just Wolverine and that agent? What what role does that agent play moving ahead? So I only bring this up to ask, like, are there other X-Men characters we want to put in this movie? Are there other people from Wolverine's history that we want to introduce? I mean, obviously Dazzler. I would... <laughs> I would say Dude, the disco era scene. He's like, I don't feel good in these leisure suits. Well, I'm talking I'm talking modern age because I think I look, I think those flashbacks 
we we literally try to get all the original Avengers back for one scene for those flashbacks. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that's amazing. I would say no to other X-Men specifically. Okay. I love the idea of like the X-Men is like your Thanos tease at the end of the mm-hmm. movie. But I definitely think that there could be, I don't know, I like this. Uh, I think that this S.H.I.E.L.D. agent could be a good bridge to like not all of us are terrible people like you can trust someone so i would probably put a lot of stock in that in that uh that relationship yeah if you're going to use anybody use someone from like wolverine's past but not i wouldn't do another like mutant what if what if trask whoever plays trask is a a a female instead of a dude bolova Boliva Trask. Sure. I'm down. Yeah, why yeah, not? I, that's a great way to yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. And yeah, dude, yeah. And just come from a long line of assholes, like the Ivanka Trump of being a, a rich asshole <laughs> with with all this money and, and dumping it into these Sentinel programs, which were to take out she thought maybe they were to take out metahumans and she finds out about mutants and it's just like, oh hell nah. No, no, we got aliens and all this. No, 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 no. Well, I, think, I know something I can control, and it's this. I think it's definitely like whoever the shield agent is, or sorry, whoever this Trask, male or female, it's very much the Lex Luthor thing. Like, they are so sick of shield and Nick Fury, depending on all these weirdos. It's like, we are the most highly trained, mm. uh, well-equipped people on Earth, and you guys keep going to these these crazy people and, and a little bit Civil War. Like, look at all this damage. Look at what, you, you mm. know everyone's now five years everything's all screwed up enough is enough and mm-hmm. i think like someone i don't know i would that's where for trask that's where i would go for the heavy hitter i'm talking like hell go for like helen mirren go for like Meryl yes Street. that's exactly I what it. i was yeah. thinking yeah. was something nice. like that that's yeah. exactly what i was thinking well nice. and so i'm i'm gonna last question on the helen casting mirren, yeah last question on the casting then do we make this the the good shield agent our our lead? Mm-hmm. Do we make that a woman? Because then I think there's also the opportunity for some sparks, a little bit of romance, and we are still making a four quadrant movie here, or maybe not. It is R rated, but I think I think that's important. And so, can we pick a name for a leading lady who we could put on the marquee, who's going to be Logan's pursuer? I mean, it's it's basically Logan's Clarice Starling, pursuer turned ally. Who is that person? Hmm. It's tough because I feel like the by the nature of the story of him just coming to grips with his own humanity, like the the romance might feel forced. Is it weird I'm to be thinking, Agent Hill? I was thinking I, about. I that. don't think it is weird. And so this was my. Hmm. I think I think romance might be too strong a word because I was thinking along the same lines you are, Billy. Of it's it's not so much like sparks like sexual chemistry. I mean, maybe it's, it's sexual like chemistry. human connection. It, yeah. It's that yeah. human. Con- it's, it's, it's the fact that everybody starts this movie thinking that they're pursuing literally a horror movie monster. And she validates, he proves himself to her and she becomes that validation of like, Oh, you're a man. And not only are you a man, you're a good man. Right. You know, yeah. that seeing and that maybe change she, in her, she has the de- her doubts the whole time. And is also maybe, searching out like because she's so well known for finding trouble within shield it would make sense for her to be even seeking out trask as uh not necessarily trask that but knowing that there's some agent doing something a little bit off in shield i'd be down to give maria hill some like like she's she's always solid but she has nothing to do except like whatever nick fury tells her to do so i'd be Mm. fine with 
finally getting to see like who is this person because we know in the comics Marie Hill becomes a very big deal so right. this could yeah, be yeah. A, this could be a great little and this little, could uh, be part of what she's doing on Earth if she's not in space with Nick Fury if we were to care about that right. continuity at sure, all sure. we could still have her doing a very important job on Earth which is identifying a brand new threat that is terrestrial it is the remnants like the the, 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 the first order of the it's like the first order esque splinter group of shield slash the CIA or whatever they've made a cabal of people who know about mutant stuff know about all these access to these weird technologies and stuff want to use their access to these dark arts to defeat mutants and get them clandestinely wiped out and then move on to other threats like all the rest of the superhumans yeah, yeah I, I'm sold on Maria Hill giving finally giving her a movie. Yeah, I think it works. Okay. Well, then, guys, here comes our next batch of fun questions. Who's directing? Who's shooting? Who's designing? What's our crew look like? What do we mm. want this movie to look and feel like? Well, obviously, you're directing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the job. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'll, I'll say this. It's hard for me to not imagine, especially a movie in which Wolverine is going to fight a pack of wolves. Um, I, it's hard for me to not to imagine this not being shot by the DP from The Revenant, um, whose name Ooh. I should be able to recall, and I don't know why. I it's can't. so tough because, like the MCU, as much as I love it, they they have a very manufactured look, so yeah. where it's like you can watch an MCU movie and you can walk in and you don't even know what's on the TV, but you know it's an MCU movie just aesthetically. Yeah. So to to jump away from that would be tough. But I like what you're thinking. Like, it would be nice if uh, I know, like, humor is is very much a part of these movies. But like, there are movies like Winter Soldier where like the humor is way dialed down. I think like this Wolverine thing becomes a little bit more like to use again as a comparison. Mm. Your John Wick. Yes, there's some some levity here and there, but ultimately, like, this is more. I don't want to call it prestige, but it is mm. a little bit more serious. It is a little bit more intense. Do you hmm. go after David Leach? Do you go after... Uh, you go after uh, Chad Stahelski. Chad Stahelski, that's... Who the is the, the good one. Uh, <laughs> David Leach did Hobbs and Shaw. And, and there is a qualitative <laughs> oh, difference right. between David Leach and Chad Stahelski. What does David Leach do? John Deadpool, Wick. Oh. And, yeah, but he did Deadpool 2 and Hobbs. You guys know I don't know... Well, no, David Leach and Stahelski got David Leach and Stahelski got together and did John Wick. Okay, and then the other two John Wicks are directed by Chad, whereas David Leach was like uh, Deadpool two and um, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Okay, one thing that comes to mind for me is this feels like the opportunity for Marvel to take a big swing with director. Um, and one of the things that I loved is that they pulled the Russo brothers out of like comedy television directing, and now those guys have directed the biggest blockbuster there ever was. So part of me wants to look at like who's doing real grimy indie movies right now. Obviously, Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm a little on your wavelength, maybe maybe a, a freak, a hair of a frequency off. But I was just thinking it's like, all right, you want to do something really crazy. Like to me, it's still bonkers that Kenneth Branagh did a Thor movie. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to say, what if you what if you gave it to like Alfonso Cuaron? Yeah, man. I mean, I, look, I referenced The Revenant. Alejandro Inurritu could do a hell of a Wolverine movie. I don't I, know. It might be slow and ponderous, but no, I don't know. I, I think I think with with a script that moves like a rocket, Inurritu would be good. If we give him a chance to boring it up, he's going to. Let me throw let me throw another name out at you guys. The Safty Brothers. 
The Safdie brothers directed Good Time, which was like the oh, movie. Great. Robert Pattinson. Yeah that, yeah, that that convinced people Robert Pattinson is actually an amazing dramatic actor. Mm. After he'd been trying to do it with a bunch of indie movies, that was the movie that turned it around. The Safdie brothers are two brothers out of New York who have been making just the lowest budget, grimiest, dirtiest, but most kinetic and awesome little movies with like a crew of eight of their friends. And they've been on the cusp of like their movies keep getting better. Every movie they make keeps getting bigger stars, more notoriety They're To me, they're in that Marvel sweet spot. I, I feel like that could be interesting. Who, do you know who did Upgrade? Oh, I don't. Oh, but hell that's yeah. A, that's a cool idea, too. Yeah, I think with if you take the, the, the frenetic energy of Upgrade, and I... Sorry, I don't know what his name is, but I think, like, that's, to me, like, they're definitely the way some of those action sequences are shot in that movie. Like, I could definitely, like, plop in Wolverine with that perspective, you know? Yeah, no. Lee Wannell? Lay, lay, or Lee Wannell. Wannell, yeah. He, um, oh, he did a Le, lot Le of cool he, did, he did like Saw, a lot of Saw. Yeah, yeah he, did, he started doing Insidious. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a, one of the Blumhouse staples of horror. I definitely Ooh, think that he that's would. a and, great idea. And yeah. guys, I mean, yeah. horror, Wolverine horror, being scary actually makes a lot of sense. Leigh yeah. Winnell, yeah. And horror directors have a great track record transitioning to blockbusters. Yes. they just they just do the 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 same talent for creating suspense and and setup and payoff. It works. Yeah, and and I. I'd, I'd also say like, uh, yeah, this guy and also with a little eye towards uh, some of the stuff. There's a guy, Robert Eggers, who's getting really big. Uh, he We're did, all in he, cell block 99. Uh, is, is that what it is? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Bone uh, Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and also uh, he did the witch. This guy I'm talking about did the witch. Oh, okay. okay. I see what I was you're saying. Th- I was thinking of a different guy, but we uh, could also talk about him. But, but, but no, yeah. no. Well, bottom line is, uh, whoever does it, uh, Lee One. Let's say it's Lee One L. One of the great things about Lee One L is he knows how to show the effects of something. And we're talking about the the leavings, the the detritus, the the trail. Yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, definitely, definitely. He knows how to intone that. So, so and for a budget, so that we can spend our f- abomination money. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, so I can see that. Yeah, that could be interesting. The name I was thinking of, and we don't need to go down this road, uh, is actually Z or S. Craig Zoller. S. Craig Zoller directed Brawl and Cell Block 99, which convinced everybody that Vince Vaughn could play a convincing badass. Great movie. Directed Bone Tomahawk, in which Kurt Russell played a very convincing badass and could be the most amazing 80-year-old Wolverine you've ever seen. Uh, and then, dra- then then directed a movie called Dragged Across Concrete, which everything you need to know about it is in the name. I just, to, again, to me... Producer hat on, though. I think he may... He may have some James Gunn-esque statements ah. that, that could be tough to get past the board. So I think my vote still goes to Lay 1L. I'm, I'm down with Lay 1L. I, yeah. I'm down with that, too. And Lay not only uh, uh, has a, a, a foundation in directing, but in screenwriting as well. Yeah. So definitely. if there's any story issues and stuff, I, I feel like I would he, he'll get his screenplay credit by hook or definitely. crook. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we we have the bones of a movie here. We've got Wolverine with a grizzled unknown as the monster that they're chasing for the first half of the movie. We've got him popping in as new evidence is discovered to key moments in MCU history, giving us an opportunity for amazing cameos from characters who might be dead and characters we've always wanted to see. We've got... Tim Roth returning as the abomination as the weapon that they are deploying to catch this monster. Oh, and one thing. 
please. Why don't we just cast the freaking guy from Upgrade because he looks just like Tom Hardy. You know, his mother lives in my complex, actually, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> so I can get oh, to him. Yeah, I can get, get to him. Get, get Brian, the homie Brian Austin Green. Actually, no, best... no, Logan Marshall Green. Oh, excuse me. Logan his Marshall. name is Logan. His name is Logan. Is it Brian Austin Green from 902? <laughs> yeah, Brian Austin Green was married to Megan Fox <laughs> yeah. for a while. Uh, Dude. Guys, this is coming together. Yeah. Really is. <laughs> His name is Logan. I mean, that's that's actually really great. And there's already uh, kind of a shorthand between him, him and, and the director. director. Mm-hmm. He would probably pitch for him, too, for the oh, role. Oh, 100%. I would totally be on board with that, actually, now that you bring that up. And that dude, I mean, that dude has had parts in a couple fighting movies from, I, I believe he is a, he's a rough and tumble kind of actor. He's, he, you know, he's a, does, does his own stunts, will learn the fighting technique. So we type figured of guy. out. Yeah. That's who's going to play Wolverine. Jesus. Logan Austin Green? Logan Marshall Green. Logan, Logan Marshall Green. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Logo, Logan but Seth, you know what? Seth and, Green. And, and now that we're like, what's his name? What's his name? And that's what we were saying about Chris Hemsworth. And now he's one of the biggest stars of all time. Absolutely. Totally. And it would, but yeah, dude, the Tom Hardy thing you said, though, the second stuck in my mind. I just put it in there, man. See, yeah. there you go. I love it. Ah! All right, guys, we just made a movie. But now, obviously, there's there's a lot of big and small decisions that haven't been made. We want to know, what are you thinking? What do you want to add? What do you think that we're totally wrong on? We're opening it up to questions. Questions and comments, please bring them on. And there we go. How you, how you going to work in all these that flashbacks there? I mean, you're talking about there's going to be a flashback over here. How do you decide? Yeah, I think I think the thing with the flashbacks is like it's it's finding the balance between pushing the narrative and not being gratuitous. Do yes. I think that Logan's going to bump into Tony Stark at the Stark Expo? No. no. But do I think that maybe he was uh, one of those POWs in Captain America: The First Avenger, or or knew Steve 100%. Rogers was in the it was in that crowd for that show that you know Rogers comes out with, and he's like, F-, "F this," and walks away. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a matter of of giving each of those flashbacks narrative weight, right? Like they each they they need to be fun and they need to give us an untold piece of Marvel history, but it also needs to reveal something about the character. Yes. It needs to keep painting an ever contradictory picture of Wolverine. So each of these flashbacks, it almost needs to be the memento thing. It's like through the eyes of Maria Hill, who's on the trail. Every piece of evidence leads to a flashback and every piece of evidence gets her more confused about what and who she's actually chasing here. And I think the flashbacks need to do that. The flashbacks need to do that to the audience. And the other thing that I think is important, and this may seem innocuous, but we need to have really strict visual rules about how those flashbacks happen. I think the worst version of this is like I'm looking at a piece of paper and the screen blows out in like a special effect and you come back in and now you're on somebody's face. And then, you you know, it's like to me, it should be really clean. It should be like... you get a reaction in the present yeah. and it's just a cut. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. And yeah. I love too, like you're right. It tells about the character. If she thinks like, wow, if Steve Rogers trusted this guy, maybe it's not what I think because he is not a bad judge of character. He's not here for me to ask, but there's mm. gotta be something to it. I think it's even more fun that he's like, wouldn't be alive in the present. Like things like that could be really great to like tell that story. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's also something interesting and we, we talked about it a little bit earlier of like 
Maria Hill encountering all like interviewing people out on the like out on the road, you know, and you can bring in some like mm. really gnarled grizzly character actors and and she's hearing things like you know the Hulk almost died once, right? And it's like what? <laughs> he almost died and it, it becomes like that's the impetus to the flashback of like Wolverine fighting the Hulk or like or the guy you know and again we're getting that with the, the abomination anyway so maybe we don't need to put it into this movie but even the guy out in the Canadian Arctic who's like found a bear killed one time he'd been eaten by wolves how the hell did wolves kill a bear I mean that's I don't part think of, like, it was wolves the building of that urban legend <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and th- that and and also though, t- to me, uh, one of the things we can do with this this agent character is like as they build this Baba, they build this Baba Yaga case as well. So it's like not a- so it's like we're getting the story of a- a basically a Bigfoot cryptid, a super agent with technical skills that are marvelous, literally, and uh, historical anomalies that that are that are giving us a larger uh, conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. that's why this case is so weird. It's not just weird cryptid moments or these. It's all three of those at that's, the same time. Yeah, that's look, guys, weird. we got to copyright this. <laughs> <laughs> this so is great. I have a question. How are you guys going to explain that mutants haven't been around this whole time in the MCU? That's a great question, and I think there. I think honestly, that's a big decision for us to make because number one, maybe they have been, and our premise is that mutants in the MCU are just much much rarer than they are in Marvel, right? It could be that there are maybe a hundred mutants in the world right now. And the problem is Trask and his team of guys have been tracking this over the past 80 years and they realize we're at the curve of the hockey stick. You know what I mean? Mm. First, there was like two, three mutants in the historical record around the time of 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 World War Two. And they're just an anomaly. But then the 60s hit and suddenly there's like communities of mutants that are living like gypsies across the American Southwest. And then by the 80s, suddenly it's like there are mutants in every major city. Right. And so now maybe it's not 200. Maybe there's a thousand mutants in the world. But even they don't know, like they could just be written off as paranormal phenomena. But if you've really been paying attention, you realize that population's about to explode. Yeah, and that's the story. Or it could be some cosmic shenanigans with the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't. Well, know. I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> is. I I would say that maybe, um, maybe that it has already been increasing, just like you said. And then when the Infinity Gauntlet happened, uh, it like people's like latent mutant genes maybe like triggered something. triggered mm. or something along those lines, which wouldn't be far from somewhat canon ish. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and also one must understand. That within X-Men canon, the reason why mutants actually know each other and kick it is because of Cerebro. Cerebro is what was the the, the Facebook of mutants. It let them all link up under a single hub. Oh, Ed, I mean, and that brings up an interesting point. Like, if running with that theory, if our Wolverine sequel is introducing the X-Men, then it sort of becomes this cold, like, not set in the Cold War, but it's like this, this... covert arms race where Professor Xavier invents Cerebro Mm -hmm. as the Trask people double down Mm -hmm. and it's sort of this race to like are mutants going to be 
completely exterminated or are mutants going to come together to form the X-Men? And it sort of becomes Charles Xavier and his ragtag team of original X-Men. And there might not even be called the X-Men at this point, but it's like we are now in a death race to recruit and protect as many mutants as possible because the extinction agenda is happening. And who's a better protector? Than Wolverine. Yeah, they bust Wolverine out of jail. I love it. Mm -hmm. I think think that immediately adds so much more tension and immediacy that, like, for me, the first X-Men movie in 2000 didn't have. It was like, well, we should probably do something about mutants. I don't know. But if it's like, no, we only have, like, 100 left, and they've got a a list of all of them. You better find a way to get to them before they do. Yeah, you got a Battlestar Galactica feel to it. Yeah, I I think that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a and it's a part of the uh, it's a the extinction agenda. Yeah, oh I nice. love that's, it. That's did, what it's did the reiterator it. just strike again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what you call it, jerk. I, got, <laughs> I said. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> Get ready to hear your thought again. <laughs> <laughs> your thought will be back. <laughs> oh, where's your thought? It's here. <laughs> All right, we've got time for one, maybe two more questions depending on how intense these questions are oh um you have to use your fan voice oh (laughs) this is my this is my fan voice um this is terrible why would i say that about nerds (laughs) nerds don't sound like that (laughs) hello (laughs) oh thank you isaac hayes for coming to la comic oh yeah (laughs) the marble man wants to ask us a movie question why are there any black people in this movie? <laughs> That's a uh, great question. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't want to feel that you guys go. <laughs> well, I think the one thing. I was thing, kidding. Well, oh, I was no, going to answer. No, I think no, we, 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 we got we to be, be ready. I, I definitely think that the MCU has shown that uh, you can take these characters and reimagine them for the times that we are in now. And I definitely think that diversity is part of that. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we've, we've set up enough new characters that we've definitely opened ourselves up. I've seen fan castings online. I know it's not this particular movie of like uh, Denzel Washington is Magneto, which I think is so inspired. It's ridiculous. So yeah. I definitely think that uh, we can lay those seeds just like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done itself. Oh, yeah. And who's to say that at some point in the movie, they don't talk to somebody who knew T'Chaka and T'Chaka had a couple run ins with some weird dude at the gate. Like, they man, should. how do you how do you even know that we're here? Oh, why dude, are you over here? How did you around? cut through Admantium? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. There, yeah. How, how did you cut through Vibranium? There yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. How did you cut through Vibranium? 100 percent be a flashback set in 1992 Oakland where. Somebody is sent after Njaba, was it, or Njaka, whatever, mm. whoever uh, that character was that that, he, that T'Chaka kills. Somebody, somebody, and by somebody I mean Wolverine is like an asset sent to kill this prince in hiding that somebody is aware of sure, being yeah. there. But the mission fails, or More. or the assassin walks away. Yeah, well, yeah, the assassin decides not to do it, which causes another kerfuffle, which ends up in like, oh yeah, we lost a bunch of good guys that day, and that, and then we don't know where Johnny went. We're, they're but calling kinda, him Johnny. I, I kind of he wasn't a Johnny. I love this idea <laughs> that it's like. Just like we keep like the JFK stuff and all this stuff a secret, like Wakanda knows that there's this other metal that can cut through it, and it's like a deep dark secret. Oh, that I love only that. the top advisor, right? Know. And and I, I I know this is I, I'm not trying to die on hills or anything, but sure, I sure. think it should be I think it should be we're introducing adamantium as a super duper rare, super duper duper metal. 
that well, we don't even only, know. It can only be engineered in a lab. I think it, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The no, thing no, 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 no. I get that. No, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. It's created by a new process yeah. that, that no one understands, not Stark, not anybody. And the people who control that knowledge have a lot of power doing li- different stuff that we can explore later. Or most of them were killed by Wolverine. Yeah, I like that. That it's like right. he's got this. So now there's nobody metal. else who can yeah, have that. No one else can get it. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. That's dope. And, and I think it's this this kill this kill pattern that he's doing is to make sure that nobody else goes through this. Because I don't think him hunting down other ex that that's the thing that kill, killed me about all that. He's trying to make sure that 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 whole program is shut down. Right. He's trying to make sure that it can never happen. Because the thing is, they put metal inside of him. They didn't graft it onto claws he already had. Because that's not that's, that's canon for like. A few years for most of the canon of Wolverine proper, it's almost like people getting fixated over over web shooters out of the wrist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sure, sure. It's almost like people getting fixated on that. Right. You mean like I me? Think, I, I, no, no, I'm saying I'm saying the fact that if somebody liked that more than the goddamn him making the web shooters, yeah, that's people liking Bone Claws more than them bionically enhancing him. Yeah, in my personal opinion. So I think that that we had if we put that that thing of like, yeah, super they put super metal in me that my body's fighting all the time. I'm in constant pain. I'm a badass. But I'm in constant pain. This is horrible. This is horrific. This is the life I've made with this affliction. And I will never let anybody do this to me or anybody else again. And it's never ending life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What what better way to end this panel than with a patented Ed Greer, I'm going to die on this hill rant. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, you have your Wolverine reboot. You're welcome. Woo! <laughs> If you liked what you heard, you will like it even more when you can see it. That's right. All subsequent episodes of Rebooted will be released on video. Check the show notes for a link or go to YouTube.com and search Reboot It. We will be releasing the next five episodes on a bi-weekly schedule. And maybe, just maybe, if you're good, we will get you a bonus episode at the end of all of this. But Wolverine marked the beginning of the series. This was our Fox episode. We are moving into all of the six major studios. So that's Disney, Universal, Paramount, Warner Brothers, and Sony. And like I said, maybe above and beyond that. But for right now, if you liked what you heard, make sure you are subscribed to both the Nerd Goat podcast featuring Ed Greer and Ron Swallow and Hot Takes with Billy Business featuring your boy Billy Business and get on YouTube, subscribe to the Rebooted channel. You will get every new show. Share it with your friends. Share it far and wide. If you liked what we're doing here, let us know. We are on social media. Search Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, or Billy Business and it will all come up. You could see me, producer Bill, at CBillDraw on Instagram. And until next time, we'll keep creating. You guys keep listening. For Ed Greer, Billy Business, Ron Swallow, I'm producer Bill from the corner office. Bye, everybody. Hey guys, this is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the classic logo, and then of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor, go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So thanks for listening and thanks for supporting. Reboot it.